Hey guys, welcome back to the Block Hash Podcast. And this week, um, for you know, Happy New Year's, uh, first of all, don't forget that. Um, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're still going to have guests on the podcast, and a whole bunch of them are already um, signed up and RSVP'd, and they're going to be on today, going to be on later this week and next week. I mean, things are going to continue as normal. We're introducing a new segment starting today on Wednesdays called Watchlist Wednesdays, where it'll just be me talking about things that are going on in the market, things that you, you know, probably interested in, you want to hear about, maybe you have heard about, and you want to know a bit more in detail. Things that might help you with investing and trading, things that might help you understand the market better uh, from an education perspective, from um, consulting, from, you know, doing business, working in government, whatever it may be. We want to do something that's educational. We think watch list and wins and watch list. Wednesday will be the best way to go about doing that. Um, bear with me. I need a little bit more coffee for this. All right. So what we're going to do is for watch list Wednesdays, I will run down through a list of things that I think are incredibly important um, going into the week and that I want to dive into that are going to, in my opinion, affect the market a little bit more that will um, be important factors to keep in mind as you're investing, as you're, you know, learning about the market. Um, so today, what we're going to talk about, uh, first and foremost, since it's the new year, we're going to talk about Bitcoin going into 2022. My thoughts on Bitcoin, um, you know, the chances of, you know, Bitcoin potentially getting to 100,000, how it might perform, um, you know, some X factors, some things that could affect it, maybe they could make it go down, maybe they can make it go up. Are we still in a bull market? I want to kind of run through that and give you guys an opinion of what I think the landscape looks like. We're also going to talk about Solana being down, uh, the DDoS attack that happened. We're going to talk about this new crypto bill in Peru. Um, one of the biggest whales out there that went in, just bought a whole bunch of Bitcoin, that bought the dip like you should be doing right now. An Italian bank that's getting into crypto and the almost $10 billion in fund inflows that came in in 2021, what that means for crypto generally and what to expect in 2022 along the same lines. So first off, talking about Bitcoin, I'm going to pull up my chart here to kind of give you a little bit more of an idea from my perspective, what I see, and give you a bit more of a visual as well. So overall, Bitcoin is still in a bull market. That may be hard to believe for some people, but uh, realistically, it's still moving up. Um, ever since July, it has slowly been, you know, going through these trends where it'd peak, and then it'd pull back and peak and pull back. It pulled back about 26% in September, pulled back about 34% in December. And if we continue on this trend, we'll likely, towards the end of January, see it tick up again. Maybe we'll test the $50,000 range, 51000 and start heading back up again, potentially, if we're in this bull market, maybe we'll touch for a third time and actually go through. And that'd be the best case scenario in which we might actually be able to get to um, $100,000 Bitcoin at some point. So that is the optimistic scenario. Um, the worst thing that could happen is this doesn't happen. We don't stay with the trend line. We don't bounce here at this 45,000 level, which has some resistance from earlier in 20. 21 as well, um, where we might fall back down to our last low, just under 40,000, or we could potentially go all the way back down to mm -hmm. a hard low around 30. 
if that happens and then we might have a sustained bear market for a longer duration a longer period of time but i think things are a bit undersold or oversold at the moment i think things are likely to turn up and i don't see any reason why this market would stop why bitcoin would stop so i'm pretty optimistic that um, bitcoin is going to keep going up in the near term so i would keep that closely on your radar um, if you're thinking of something to invest in um, in crypto you know bitcoin is always one of the best go-to things to consider first i think that it's going to keep progressing i think people are going to be putting money into it um, there's a few other things i'm going to talk about today that might lend credit to that that might you know persuade you to do so as well um, so i'm going to go ahead and close that and I'm going to pull up what we're going to talk about regarding Solana because I think it's very important given how popular Solana is. Um, and the fact that I'm very concerned about it because it's down fucking again. And, you know, this shouldn't be happening for a blockchain project that's this popular. So let's kind of run through this a little bit. Um, we're going to use the Yahoo Finance article. I think they covered it pretty well. So credit to them. But the Solana network... Um, you know, reportedly, again, suffered a DDoS attack and went down. And the Solana Foundation, I don't know if they have publicly commented on this yet, but a Chinese journalist uh, named Colin Wu did report on this um, on Twitter, saying that Solana went down again at 2 o'clock in the morning, UTC plus 8 on January 4th. And according to users of the Telegram community, the attacker is suspected of using spam to conduct the DDoS attack. Um, this is coming after Grayscale added Solana in the Grayscale Solana Trust to its list of investment products in November. It released its security port uh, December 2021, highlighting that Solana was using new blockchain technology that included flaws in the cryptography underpinning the network that could leave it at risk of attack. So this is not something new. Uh, this stuff has happened before, including the 17-hour outage in September last year um, that uh, took the price of Solana down from 220 to 140, which is almost a 50% drop. Um, so there's a lot of things that concern me about Solana in regards to how they are handling, um, you know, the blockchain, how it's been rolled out. The tech behind it and you know it's this new blockchain format it's very scalable it's very popular with developers and projects um, and i personally hear about it all the time from guests that come on the podcast um, but again it concerns me you shouldn't be building something on a platform that is flawed and is having issues and while i have had high hopes for solana for a long time um, and yes it has gone up in price a lot it's been a great investment for a lot of people i don't know if it's going to pan out long term um, it's one of the things that really, really concerns me. I'm going to highlight that. Um, one of the things I like about Ethereum, even though it, you know, bothers me that it's taken them so long to come to consensus, um, and, you know, put together Ethereum 2.0 and launch it, which they should be doing soon, finally, um, they're at least taking their time with it and they're going to get it right. In my opinion, even though Ethereum has all these issues, Ethereum doesn't go down. You know, Ethereum is still reliable. You know what you get with Ethereum. Um, even though you know what you get with Solana, it's not reliable right now. You can't build a multi-million dollar or multi-billion dollar project or have mega corporations and institutions or even the governments, um, you know, use Solana for anything if it's going to have downtime. That's, you know, the whole point of blockchain is to not have downtime. Uh, tell me the last time Bitcoin was down. Tell me the last time Ethereum was down. 
it's, it's not good for Solana to be having these issues and they need to rectify it, you know, or it's, it's going to fade away. This is um, very detrimental to any blockchain project out there. And I do hope that they rectify it because I like what they have done from a developer side and I like what's happening from, from gaming to NFTs to you know, modern solutions that are fixing Ethereum-based problems. Um, again, if they don't solve it, it's going to be you know, one of those things that's going to fall off um, the edge of the crypto world and you're not going to hear about it. So keep that very um, close in the back of your minds. You know, if you invest in it, be very, very careful. Um, there's a lot of drawbacks with these DDoS attacks and with it going down and the uncertainty. Um, another thing I want to talk about that I also need to pull up, um, I got to get used to maneuvering like this, um, is a crypto bill in Peru that is being proposed. Um, you know, along with most of Latin America, um, I think crypto is on the rise down here. I'm based in Medellin. Most of you guys already know that. I think it's uh, uh, blockchain, crypto, NFTs, DeFi, um, tokenization, you name it. Latin America is going to be a huge, huge uh, breeding ground for projects, um, for investments in this space in 2022 and going forward. And I think we're starting to really see that come to fruition. I know for a fact they're considering bills in Colombia and trying to figure out how to um, implement some kind of regulation, some kind of framework for people to use it. I know that they're doing this in Brazil, more notably. Obviously, we've all heard about El Salvador, even though that's more Central America than Latin America. Um, Peru, it's very popular in Chile and Argentina for a long time. So I think you're going to see a lot more of these bills come to light because it also gives them the ability um, to overcome some hurdles that hold them back. Um, but going into the article a little bit more, or at least one of the articles on it, um, from Finbold, the document, which can be seen on the official website of the Peruvian legislation, the document being the bill, covers various important faucets of the country's growing ecosystem. Furthermore, the project, which is formerly known as the Framework Law for the Commercialization of Crypto Assets, was introduced by Podemos Peru Parliamentarian Jose Elias Avalos. I probably butchered that. Um, but according to the politician, the bill's purpose is to regulate organizations that provide cryptocurrency services, such as Bitcoin exchanges and digital wallets, among other things. Um, and like I was saying, with adoption being on the rise, crypto adoption is on the rise in Peru. Woohoo! Um, Peru has seen a substantial surge in the adoption of Bitcoin in recent years. The usage of cryptocurrencies in that country has increased by more than 600% in a single year. Those are pretty good stats, I think. You know, that's happening, again, across Latin America in a lot of developing countries. Um, it's happening a lot in Africa. It's happening a lot in different parts of Southeast Asia. Um, in a lot of places you wouldn't you know, normally expect. Um, I expect some of these bills to get passed at some point. Peru is a much smaller country than some of the other developing countries. Um, or about the same size. And first world countries, as far as they go, you know, they're pretty small as well. So they'll probably get legislation passed at some point. Um, doing so will create a reverberating effect, most likely within the Peruvian economy across Latin America, as more bills come out, as more legislation comes out, um, that will allow uh, citizens to, you know, dip their feet into these industries. I know the banks in Colombia, I know the banks in Across Latin America, we're getting very interested, trying to figure out how to make money, how to integrate this stuff. 
Um, I know businesses are very interested, you know, the people just in general, whatever they believe, left, right, politically, you know, socially, morally, they love they love blockchain. They want it. It solves so many issues, um, issues of corruption, issues regarding finance and the economy, issues um, you know, within society, um, security issues. You know, there's tons of things that it can be used for to help elevate these developing countries to the level they need to be at to compete eventually with a first world country. So I expect to see it at some point, And it's a good sign to see that Peru is going into 2022. Um, you know, pushing for this as well. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is the third largest whale, Bitcoin whale in the world going in and buying some more Bitcoin. Um, let me see if I can find it. Here it is. Yes, buying the dip. The third largest Bitcoin whale adds $21 million worth of Bitcoin at about 46000 in price. So people are calling bottom, especially large players, large investors in whales like this one. Um, added, so 21 million is 456 Bitcoin. It's pretty crazy. Um, let's see. The first considerable buy on behalf of the entity who also bought six Bitcoin 55 minutes going into the new year. Um, the whale holds 123 thousand plus bitcoin worth over 5.6 billion um it is also this specifically has caused the bitcoin dominance um to drop to plunge below 40 percent. i'll need to double check on that or is it right here anyways this stuff is very good um this is you know as you're trading if you are a trader if you're an investor this is how you can try and call bottom on the market um, going back to bitcoin in july one of the biggest things for me that helped me determine that the market had bottomed out um, in terms of that huge correction from the big pop we saw in the spring of 2021 was Rothschild's bank going in and taking a massive position in Bitcoin. Um, you know, really smart investors, you know, top of the line that have been in finance and banking for, you know, many, many years, decades, um, centuries even, like the Rothschilds, for example. Um, those are good metrics to use. If they're putting their money where their mouth is and investing in something like Bitcoin and they're taking a stand, then they're pretty confident in the direction it might go. Um, and I like to follow along those lines as well. So when I'm investing, I look for that kind of stuff. And this is another one, um, a bit more anonymous, you know, but a very large whale that owns a lot of Bitcoin that is hodling, that is buying, that is calling bottom, expecting Bitcoin to go up probably in 2022 made a large buy and it's solidifying that floor around 45 46,000 which will be very good if we're going to continue this uh, bull trend in 2022 and I think in the first quarter of 2022 you'll be very surprised what ends up happening with Bitcoin and what ends up happening in general with crypto um, I can't say for sure what's going to happen I don't know if Bitcoin's going to go to 100,000 right away I don't know um, what's going to happen with it 2022 i do know that nfts are getting really big DeFi is getting really big again um it just continues to cycle and cycle and everything has gone mainstream uh, so much money is pouring in and there's more financial products regulated centralized financial products um, especially within the us which is a big market for crypto and that stuff is going to dictate a lot of 
you know, how this market continues to play out. It's going to get more and more saturated this year and going forward. And we haven't seen that. So we could see a change in volatility actually decreasing and maybe Bitcoin steadily goes up or steadily goes down. Maybe you don't have massive swings um, like you used to. Maybe they're more predictable, you know, more people being in the market, you know, addresses going up, mining, um, stabilizing, having less environmental concern, energy becoming cheaper and cleaner. There's a lot of possibilities, a lot of X factors. And I think this year is going to be very telling for the future of Bitcoin and if it's going to get to that mark. Um, Again, news like this is important to traders and investors like myself, and it should be important to you because it helps us determine tops helps us determine bottoms, helps us determine the direction of the market. And this is a very good sign from, you know, very powerful holders and whales out there that they're confident it's going to keep going um, or else they wouldn't make such a big purchase. They wouldn't take such a big position. Um, so keep that in mind as well if you are investing. Another thing I want to talk about is a specific Italian bank that is offering crypto services. Um, so let me find that tab as well. Um, wherever it has gone. Here it is. All right. So an $87 billion Italian bank is now allowing Bitcoin purchases this year. Banca Generali, an Italian bank geared towards private banking and wealth management, plans to launch Bitcoin trading services in early 2022. These services will be enabled through an integration with Coinio, a Bitcoin wallet and exchange app. Uh, the financial magazine, WeWealth, provided details on the bank's new services last month. Apparently, Banca's 300,000 customers will be able to create a Bitcoin wallet directly from their bank accounts, thanks to Coinio. The former has already invested millions of dollars in Coinio, which... Coinio? Coinio? I'll have to figure out how to pronounce that. Which shares locations in both San Francisco and Italy. Um, and both companies initiated their partnership in December of 2020, which was a while back, originally planning to launch services in 2021. Um, So there's a lot going on. I think the future for crypto is also very bright in Italy as well. And uh, I think this just goes to show that there are more banks than you think out there that are actually partnering, that are very interested, that want to get into crypto. I can tell you from personal experience here in Colombia, there are a number of banks um, in pilot programs and partnerships right now. And I would not be surprised to see those rolled out at some point in 2022, if they feel comfortable, um, like Banco Colombia, um, Banco, um, Banco de Bogota, the Vivienda, um, they all got partnerships with Gemini, Buddha, um, Binance, um, exchanges in the U S and Europe exchanges here in Colombia. And I think you're going to see that more readily start to to come out, Um, not just here, not just in Latin America, but globally and in the U.S. and in Europe and in Asia, it'll become more and more popular to go to your um, financial provider, your bank, and be able to have a wallet with them where you can buy, invest, trade, sell cryptocurrencies, especially Bitcoin, um, because they're going to make a ton of money off fees. They see what's happening with these exchanges. They see what's happening with DeFi. They don't want to become... Um, insolvent. They don't want to disappear and become irrelevant. They got a lot of pressure from tech companies already that are pretty much taking banking away from them. So they don't want to be in that situation. I don't necessarily blame them. So I think in 2022, 
um, you're going to see a lot more banks in this space accepting crypto, promoting it, jumping in, and pouring money into it, which will sustain them and keep them alive for a very long time. So don't be surprised to see that. Um, and the last thing I want to cover is the miraculous $9.3 billion in inflows to funds that has happened in 2021 and what that means for 2022. Um, here it is. I'll pull it up. Um, let me blow that up for you guys. So this is so hard to navigate. Okay, so this article from Cointelegraph, the one we're going to use, states that crypto funds attracted almost $10 billion in inflows in 2021 as institutional adoption grew. And I think we all knew that with, you know, financial centralized and traditional financial products around crypto and Bitcoin have come out, ETFs and funds, and you got Grayscale and you got you know everything along those lines, um, you know, promoting investment into this industry, I'm not overly surprised. But crypto investment managers had 62 plus billion in assets under management at the end of 2021 with Bitcoin products attracting sizable investments, which means they're very interested in putting their money there at the moment. Um, institutional cryptocurrency funds um, attracted a lot of inflows in 2021. The demand for digital assets such as Bitcoin and Ethereum continue to grow during a volatile and unpredictable bull market. Crypto investments and products registered about 10 billion in inflows during the year from 6.8 billion in 2020, which is a pretty big increase. And I expect that to be much higher in 2022. Um, while Ether products saw inflows tolling nearly uh, 1.4 billion, multi-asset funds were also popular, attracting just a little under billion, 775 million in investor capital. A total of 37 investment products launched in 2021 compared with 24 that hit the market the year before. So that is also a notable increase. Um, it shows that regulations and frameworks are becoming more flexible and they're allowing more of these products to come out that are allowing more institutional investment, which is very exciting. Um, Grayscale, like I mentioned earlier, remains the single largest crypto asset manager worth 43 plus billion in assets under management as of uh, this past Monday. Other multi-billion dollar asset managers included 3IQ21 shares, ETC Group, Purpose, and ProShares, and we're going to see a lot more in 2022 this year. Um, so there's a lot to be excited about from that front. And I think it's uh, fair to note that that, that number is probably going to be twice as high, maybe three times as high by the end of 2022. The thing is, there's a lot of money sitting in sovereign wealth funds, sitting in private equity firms, sitting in hedge funds, um, just on the sidelines still that really want to pour money into the space but need more regulatory insight, um, need guidance, need frameworks, need pilot programs, need sandboxes where they can experiment and put money into this stuff. Um, and there are some that I talk to too that I'm friends with and they say the same thing. And the biggest concern is getting hammered and getting in trouble and paying fines or going to jail for doing the wrong thing that in they not intentionally trying to do the wrong thing. Also, you know, they want to hedge the market. That's why they're called hedge funds. They want to play the market. They want to play this game in finance to play this game in crypto. is far riskier because there's no guidance. So once these things become more clear and they will become more clear this year in 2022, you will see a lot more um, of it actually happening. And that's going to generate 
a, a lot of cash, obviously, inflowing into the industry. It's going to start draining the stock market. There are a lot of concerns, including the European Central Bank putting out um, warnings that, you know, it could tank economies, you know, this stuff happening. Money coming out of traditional finance, traditional assets, and pouring into things that are experimental still, like crypto, like blockchain, things that haven't been proven out over decades. Um, you know, it's, it's very scary. It's going to change our economy. It's going to change our society in a lot of ways, a lot of good and beneficial ways. But it's also going to create concern um, given that we don't know what that future looks like. We don't know what's going to happen when money is drained and poured into this market like it is happening right now. It's not going to stop. People are fed up. People want out of centralized government-based systems. People want to put their money somewhere that they can control or that's independent of all of that. And that trend is going to continue. And that's going to be very interesting to watch this year. Um, so keep that in mind as well. Anyways, um, that is Watchlist Wednesday. So if you enjoyed diving into the markets for about 30 minutes, going into topics and learning about things that maybe were on your radar, things you, or maybe things you did not know at all. Um, we're going to keep doing this. I think it's pretty cool. If you have any questions, feel free to either drop them in the comments, um, shoot us an email, contact us. Um, you can contact Blockhash Podcast because it pretty much is Blockhash Podcast, um, just a new segment. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Um, any suggestions, anything you want us to talk about going into next week on next Wednesday, anything in particular, let us know. Um, we will definitely look at it and maybe we will cover it. Um, and we'll start answering questions live as well. So feel free to attend to the live stream as well instead of just waiting for it to come out. And we can answer your questions on air live and go into more detail. Anyways, hope you guys have a fantastic uh, new year. Hope you guys have a fantastic week. There will be another episode coming out later today, so stay tuned for that, which will be around 2 p.m. Eastern time, um, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Um, so, yeah, pay attention for that. It's coming out soon. And talk to you guys on Watchless Wednesday, next Wednesday. Ciao.